0: Hi and welcome to this week's edition of Menopause Buddies. Today I'm joined by Jan. Jan is an executive coach and she works with leading global companies. Hi Jan, how are you? Hello, I'm well, thank you. The sun is finally shining. Finally, I know, we're lucky, aren't we? Thank you for joining us, Jan. Now, perhaps you could tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes, by all
1: means. I suppose perhaps the most material thing to say is that I'm 63, so when it comes to menopause, I'm on the on that the other side of the whole thing. And I'm a marketing professional by background, but I have um, retrained as a as an executive coach, as you said in your intro. So that's the main thing that I do now. I also chair a number
0: of um, boards brilliant brilliant and um now you've told us that you're 63 perhaps you could share with us your menopause journey and tell us what it's like on the other side
1: well the the honest truth is it's a journey I only understand with the benefit of hindsight because I think um whilst I was in it I didn't always understand that the symptoms I was experiencing were (laughs) part of uh, the menopause at all. So uh, in a funny sort of way, I'm learning more about it now and have talked more about it in the last year or so than I ever did whilst I was going through it. So, um, so I really do share this in the spirit of understanding it better as I look back as a menopause journey, if that makes sense. And I, and I think that's one of the things that's really hard for everybody as they go to through it because there are so many different symptoms many yeah. of which you think you can explain for other reasons but i a piece of advice someone has now given me is really from the age of 45 onwards almost everything that's happening around your health menopause is probably contributing to in some way but it 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 really has um The first time I found it really very obvious was when I worked at Aviva in the head office. And the very obvious symptom, which we all know about, is um, disruption to our periods. And I suddenly experienced very, very heavy flow. Um, It was so heavy that I was having to navigate changing a Tampax pretty much every hour, which you can imagine when you're operating. I was one of the most senior women in the organization. I was in meetings mainly occupied by men and trying to find a discreet way to keep nipping off to the loo and hoping the Tampaxes that I had stuffed up my sleeve weren't going to fall out. Um, It wasn't really a sustainable model. So that led me to go to the GP because I thought "This this is very heavy and I wonder if something's the matter. And to cut a long story short, I ended up uh, having an investigation under general anesthetic, at the end of which I'm happy to report they found nothing physically wrong that was explaining this, but they did insert, um, I think it's called a Minerva coil, um, which basically stopped the bleeding, which of course was an enormous relief. So just like having the contraceptive coil, that was what it was, it just stopped my periods and so for me the very obvious physical symptom disappeared overnight it was a great relief and I believe it also um, gives you some limited progesterone I think it is anyway one of the hormones it it gives on a slow release and so I found that other symptoms I had which I was just kind of living with like hot flushes um, and a little bit of sleeplessness also vanished. So it seemed like a miracle cure at the time. Fantastic. Yeah, and I just thought, great. You know, I can now manage this, which I think is the mental attitude that one has. You know, this is another change one's going through, and I, I just need to be able to work and function. But but in fact, um, some years later, as I pro- when I was about fifty nine. Um, in fact, I had a massive um, mental health crisis, which I now understand was very much um, due to the menopause. In fact, it was the occupational health doctor that Aviva sent me to see, who explained it to me. Um, I don't know whether you want me to go into that in any yeah. in any detail, but I I had experienced depression all through my working life, stimulated by having both of my children. So I had postnatal depression. And then my experience was that roughly every three or four years after that, even though I didn't have any more children, I would experience some kind of stress-related episode. You can imagine it's quite stressful working in in marketing. And I would go and see the doctor and I would get on the pills and it would be managed. I had all sorts of strategies around managing my depression. So when I was 59, and I hadn't experienced for any episode of depression for about 10 years, I actually thought that this was another benefit, a positive benefit of the menopause, that because I was no longer experiencing natural hormonal changes, it wasn't being triggered. But Mm -hmm. little did I know that the age of 59, I had the tsunami of a depression I mean it was it it went from like naught to 100 in a week which was totally outside my experience huge sense of anxiety um sleeplessness tearfulness and I went off work assigned off sick for what I thought was just going to be three weeks and it turned out that um I was off work for six months and then actually never went back to Aviva because I had planned to leave in in the future, in order to become a, po- a coach and pursue a non-executive career, and so we, myself and Aviva, agreed that actually it was just more sensible that I accelerated those plans to move in on around my 60th birthday. But that enormous crash, I now realise, was like the back end of menopause just exploding in an incredibly negative way and I had absolutely no idea
0: goodness and, and and how I think it would be useful for our listeners to understand what the doctor the occupational um doctor said
1: well well what he explained was that the the final hormonal changes that you're going through which indeed had you know postnatal depression I got around the stage of weaning my babies so as you as you stopped producing milk and I went through that hormonal change that seemed to be the common factor in what promoted promote provoked my postnatal depression um the, the the massive hormonal change that I was going through as you know I no longer had whatever it was that I had had before that stimulated this huge bout of depression and when I went to see him um he said to me because in the nicest possible way, I think Aviva were trying to ascertain, was I really ill or and, yeah. and what should they be dealing with? He, he said to me, I don't want to see you again for three months. And that was very shocking because my own GP was signing me off 10 days at a time, which is kind of how they tend to work. So you check in after 10 days and they might sign you off for another 10. So when he said to me three months and I then experienced the medication not working which I'd never had before I ended up maximum dose before anything happened at all and I had to deploy I was so overwhelmed with low mood that um, I've had to deploy strategies that I now stick to Um, I don't know whether they're necessary or not but you know I I bought a dog so I walk every day I discovered audible because I could only listen to audiobooks I, I couldn't concentrate to read so I developed some practices around lifestyle that I have frankly kept and which I find um find to be very positive but but I also went to see my now a different GP a couple of um weeks ago to have the coil removed the great coil that had been (laughs) (laughs) the great solution I was told when it was put in really you should have this out after five years and of course it's now about seven or eight I don't know exactly but with the pandemic and everything I hadn't had it removed and when I went to see that GP I had for the first time a really a 45 minute conversation about the menopause and she she made me quite tearful because she she formally apologized it wasn't her fault she wasn't even practicing but she apologized on behalf of the the GP surgery for the experience that I'd had. Because of course, when she looked at my notes and I explained my experience, she was able to make sense of it in a way that no one had at my GP surgery at the time. I, I was just being, it was just being treated as another one of my bouts of depression, as opposed to particularly connected to the end of the menopause. and. Mm-hmm she has um she in removing the coil she explained to me that the inner lining of my vagina was completely red raw um was unbelievably painful to remove and again i didn't realize that there was estrogen cream that i could have been um using all this time not to have that i developed bouts of cystitis in the last year which is attached to that to the state of my vagina and I I suppose I can't help wondering whether the fact that I'm a lesbian meant that there was a kind of neglect around the state of my vagina and womb, because obviously, if I was with a man, there would have been painful sex, which I'd heard of as a symptom with women going through the menopause. And I'd always rather stupidly thought, oh, great, at least I don't have that (laughs) to look forward to. Um, you know, I've managed to yeah. avoid that. But actually, what I didn't know was that effectively my vagina was like an open wound. And Goodness. that has now been repaired, which is great. And she is now, she's taken bloods. And I'm now going to go on to HRT, which some of your listeners may find very fascinating. Because you could say, what's the, what's the point? Because now I'm through it. But actually, the GP explained to me there was a huge amount of point. Because there's a lot to do with your bone density and your the state of your arteries and your energy levels that are still related to hormones in later life. And she told me she was recently prescribing an 82-year-old woman to go on to HRT. And sadly, they've missed the window around um, bone reparation and arteries but still will get the benefit fit of energy and mood which of course is very important to me
0: mm. wow and and did the, the the occupational doctor back when you were 59 did, did he not suggest HRT no even though he'd recognized that it was the menopause
1: yes it's completely fascinating isn't it because um he was the one that signaled and I just thought, oh, I see, that's why it's so bad. It's because I've got the the menopause. But but I was incredibly tearful and very devastated and you know, really, really having a kind of breakdown at the time. He did spend three hours with me, but he was there to do a job, which was to write a report on what right, was my yeah. mental state and how soon could I return to work, I guess was <laughs> but I would have, you know, thinking back if he'd said to me, uh, you know you should go and see your Gp again and perhaps mention hrt that would have been incredibly helpful but to be honest he did better than my own my own GP did at the time um and at least he recognized he joined the dots a bit in a way that no one else had and i think unfortunately because i was so unwell i wasn't in a really good state to assert myself if you see yes. what i mean Um yeah way that I can now and I think this is what's so incredibly difficult about the menopause is there's lots of feelings going on about getting older and about feeling less visible but you're also in an awful way right at the moment when you'd like to feel quite assertive (laughs) um, and open to new information and reading up on things that was actually the last thing I was in a state of mind to do and um And as a divorced woman and not in a relationship at the time, somehow the conversations, supportive conversations, didn't take place in relation to HRT. So although I was in a relationship with another woman older than me at the time, it didn't occur to her either, which is kind of interesting. I just don't think as women, what's so wonderful about you doing this program is We haven't known how to talk to one another about it because I don't think we've sufficiently even joined the dots to help one another in the way that I think we would like to. So in the last few weeks, having (laughs) become more aware of my own experience, I I have been talking to a lot of women. I've brought the subject to my book club. I've been talking to my friends. And honestly, I've, I've learned more and we've shared more in the last couple of months than I have in the last... 20 years which would have been which would have been useful
0: yes i suppose it's better late than never isn't it i mean it's wonderful that there's so much conversation now and we we and i think you're right when you're going through it you're very vulnerable yeah and when you're in the midst of it you don't always see the wood from the trees and you yeah. don't know what you need and i think also given that you know you were 59 was it four years ago hrt was still taboo then really wasn't it It was yes It wasn't recommended the way it is now. So No, I was
1: told I was told, oh, you'll you'll get breast cancer. And so for me it was something to be avoided. And and again, this is what the GP explained to me a couple couple of weeks ago, that 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 we as a generation have been let down because there was not very good research that underpinned that fear. Um, and she showed me a chart that I was way more likely to get breast cancer because I was overweight. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and HRT has in itself improved. So uh, there was something she described, natural HRT, that, um, you know, didn't have the same risks, which is great. But the, the But the thing that gives me heart is that I think women are quite good at talking about their feelings and these kind of intimate things, but I think what's hard is the symptoms that I was having. I didn't attach because I've I've experienced cystitis before. So if someone says to you, "Oh, I've got about a bout of cystitis," people go, "Oh, poor you." They don't go, "Are you on HRT?" Do you know what I mean? It's still a bit of a jump.
0: Yes. But... The, again, the dots don't connect. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and have you started HRT now? No
1: but I'm going back to see my doctor in a couple of weeks time the bloods have all been done and the analysis is there and then she's got to prescribe my particular cocktail of drugs because I understand it's a bit of trial and error some people are more sensitive than others to the levels that they're given so I'm looking forward to going on to it but I have to tell you um, one of my best lesbian friends, who is a, a couple of years older than me, she's now on it because of me, oh. <laughs> because of these conversations, you know, she's she's in my book club, she's already organized, she managed to get into her GP really fast and get it, and wow. another, another friend is booking herself in for what she's calling them a menopause MOT with her GP, so you know, if every one of us can just reach another three or four women, almost whatever age, this is the revelation, you know, me and my my friendship group, we're all in our 60s, HRT is still relevant. And I think that's what we also don't understand. You've never missed the boat, it's never too late.
0: Yes, that's interesting to me because I wouldn't have known that. So that is really interesting, yeah. And it will be interesting to hear you know, how you get on on it, how it changes you, how your mood changes, how you feel it affects you.
1: Yes, thank you. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to that as well, because I'm I'm quite sensitive to my mood, because obviously you can imagine I monitor it a lot. Um, And the idea that there's something that can continue to keep me level, let alone have more energy. Do you know what I mean? I'm not looking for any tremendous uplift. I I live more in the fear of the downside. Um, So if HRT over the next couple of years mean that actually, because I'm now about three years since this last big bout, so it's from now on that I start to feel on a watch out in case my mood drops Um, I I also take vitamin D which I have found to be incredible for the first time this winter I took vitamin D and that has really positively affected my mood um, which has been wonderful I mean that was a psychotherapist told me about that and I thought well you don't strike me as a quack. So if, if you as a therapist are recommending vitamin D, I think it would be worth a go. And I did give it a go. And um, and that has been very beneficial.
0: Brilliant. Because everything is worth trying, isn't it? And if you, you know, you've passed that on to other people now. So they, if they're listening and feeling the same, then it's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, in in terms of the way forward do you see has the gp mentioned how long you'll be on hrt is it indefinite is it um... no i
1: i i well, we'll have that conversation when i go in but given she said she'd put an 82 year old on it i'm imagining that it's just something you would stay on for as long as you're able to stay on it i think there's a little bit of discussion about whether you can get testosterone through the national health system or not um, she mentioned testosterone being the thing that most benefited energy levels so whether my um, past history of depression makes me eligible for that or not I don't know but right. uh, but we we'll, but I'm looking forward to that conversation whether that's something I have to get privately or whether that's something I can get through the NHS.
0: Right. Well, it's it sounds like your journey has had a very positive ending, um, in a place where you're now finally being <laughs> sorted, and you know that you, the the medical profession is actually, you know, has found a way to help you. Yes, I, all these I, years.
1: I think that's right, and I and I have to say the the apology meant a lot. Um, Never underestimate the power of saying sorry, even when you're a professional, even though it wasn't her place to apologize, it was the practice rather than her. I really appreciated that. And then I just feel, look, we're all on this together, including the medical profession. The important thing is where do we go from here?
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: And that I feel I have a really strong plan of where do I go from here? I've even had a conversation with my two sons about it which was fantastic. Um, One of my sons is 27, the other is 29. They both obviously have have girlfriends. I don't know whether that's be who they're with, but I I chose to have the conversation with them too, because I do feel men understanding and engaging with all of this um, is important. And because my sons love me, because they've lived through these bouts of depression, and I know, I mean, one of them was the one that suggested listening to audible you know for me that they they have been wonderful i think our sons and the men in our lives also feeling able to talk about it um is helpful because you do need the whole support system this is a sort of human issue not just a women issue oh them.
0: exactly yeah no well i think that's fantastic i think we all need to speak to our children because yeah i don't know where we learnt our information from our, our mother well my mother didn't talk to me about it we just absorbed it i guess going through life but not very much because no one talked about it when yeah we it's Yes
1: it's fascinating my I mean, my mother sadly died when I was 20 so she hasn't been here but when I spoke to my two sisters who are very close in age my my youngest the one who's just 18 months younger than me she said to me but I told you about hrt I told you and I, and obviously I wasn't I wasn't listening I didn't hear it because I was on my own tram line about I've got depression and I just didn't because no medical people were were really yep. being explicit i didn't join up the dots either but yeah. um, so clearly there were efforts to share and talk but i just didn't hear it so i guess we we mustn't be afraid to keep repeating repeating the conversation because maybe we're more receptive at some times than others for whatever reason
0: yes no that's true and and then well sometimes as a menopausal woman we don't remember Yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been really lovely to talk to you, Jan, and thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm well, sure there's lots no. that you've said there that will really help other people um, coming down the line. So I think that's great. And, well, yeah. I,
1: I hope so. And I particularly want lesbians to hear me. Um, because you know it is also important what the state of our vagina and womb is in even if we don't have sex with with men because that's why I was getting cystitis so um, I I hope I've helped some lovely lesbian more than anything
0: I'm sure you have I'm sure you have thank you for joining us on menopause buddies okay okay thank you Bye. bye I hope you enjoyed listening to Jan's story. If you'd like to share your menopause journey with my listeners, please contact me at annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk. Until next time.